Welcome to League Indeed for another week. My name's Ben and with me as always is Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello, everybody. Hello, Ben. How is everybody out there today and how are you, Ben? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I just woke up. but We are recording Thursday morning. Thursday it's a morning. new one because of prior commitments from me, mostly me, doing things last night. I was doing nothing, sitting on the lounge, having a wonderful time. And having a sleep in this morning until I was rudely awakened by a message that we needed to record. So here we are. Yeah, I was in Northbridge till one thirty. So we don't have Craig from Goolagong this week, but we do have a very, very special guest uh, filling in that'll be coming up later. What do you want to talk about this week? Well, I've got one. Let's, you got one? Let's go off the top with this one. Go. <laughs> this really tickled me. Oh, good. Uh, there was a Maroons function on the weekend, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a a lunch function for the, the Queensland Maroons. We'll talk about that, of course, a bit later as well. But the alarm bells were ringing as the team was forced to evacuate the lunch function after a Tina Turner impersonator <laughs> had fireworks, pyrotechnics on stage, which set off the fire alarm. <laughs> So what, they're all there having team lunch, and they're in Townsville, are they? Is this in Townsville somewhere? I don't know. Okay, so they're all sitting there having lunch and trying to talk tactics and get to know each other for some of the blokes who've never played together. And meanwhile, what, Tina Turner's up on a stage in front of them with pyros going off? Well, I imagine they had, like, a, I think it'd, it'd, there'd be a few beers involved, as as is Queensland's want. To, um, it, like a you know a bonding session so to speak, but they do it at lunchtime these days. But they must have said, and now for your very special entertainment, <laughs> well you have your Nina Ferner, <laughs> and, and then left a good job in the city, working for the man every night and day. That that's how I'd sing it, but Tina probably sings it. Have you heard the Tina Turner Proud Mary? It's the worst thing. Oh God, yeah. But I know. So that's probably what set off the sprinklers in the. <laughs> no, I think we all know what song she was singing. It would uh, simply the, bringing back, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the old days. Nostalgia is a big thing, but yeah, they must have had some flash pots at the, fr- at the front of the stage. <laughs> Tina Turner impersonator. Oh, yeah, God, that, that's not the wonderful. most rugby league article I've ever read it's, in my life. It brings back memories of um, of Billy Idol, of course, and the exploding Optus TV box at the '97 <laughs> Grand Final. <laughs> Just another another instalment in the long line of rugby league. Yeah, at least that was Billy Idol himself, though. This is an impersonator. <laughs> I want to know more about this. This has tickled me, like you just said. It's tickled me. This is um, it's just the gift that keeps on giving rugby league, isn't it? Even when it's nothing to do with rugby league, it's still very rugby league, isn't it? Oh, you just can't make this stuff up, and that's what makes our game the greatest game of all. <laughs> what else has happened through the week? Um, I note that uh, Clint Newton's on his high horse again with uh, Daily Cherry Evans in all kinds of um, bother about him being the one that's uh, been named as one of the revolters, one of the senior players that wants Volandis removed from the game. Did you hear the interview with Clint Newton and uh, Paul Kent on the radio? I heard a little bit of it. um, I I couldn't listen to it. That Paul Kent just talking over the top and trying to make a headline where it's probably not even there. Like, I've actually felt a bit sorry for Clint Newton because he just couldn't get his point across and Kent was just bullying him. I disagree wholeheartedly. I thought, well, did you listen to what Clint was? This is the only bit I heard, admittedly, but Clint was talking in in riddles. Oh, yeah. 
He was a he's a real corporate real warrior corporate now, speak, like, yeah. opening the kimono and touching base and circling oh, yeah. back and Perfect conversations and. Oh yeah, yeah. There was all that crap. Well, that's the only bit I heard was Paul <coughs> Kent telling him to to stop speaking oh, to stop corporate speaking r- rubbish. Yeah, but anyway, I, yeah, but I don't Kent think they didn't like even give him other. a chance to speak rubbish. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. And we we spoke about it. I think about Hooper and Kent and all of those sort of blokes like they they they're no longer reporting on the game, are they? They're just um they've got their own agenda. Well, I I I'll put my hand up and say I like Paul Kent. I think he's a he's one of the few good journalists. I don't like I don't like all the other you know, James Hooper and Buzz Rothfield and all those blokes, they're all, they seem to be muckrakers, but... Yeah, whatever happened to just reporting on the game, reporting on the facts, well, but I suppose that's a larger society issue as well. That's why I like Paul Kent, because I think he does report on the on the issues of the game, and he does it in a, in a manner that I like, I suppose. He's very, he's quite intelligent, mm. and he's an ex-player. Well, he well, needs to put his manners back in. No, that's he's he's confrontational because I think he does really care. Like he's got a deep care about the game of rugby league, which I think spills over in his emotions sometimes. A lot of people don't like him because he's Ricky Stewart's mate, but <laughs> um, but I, I think he's one of the better ones. Him and Brent Reed, who they unceremoniously punted from NRL 360 for Ray fucking Hadley, who I cannot stand. He he was on the on. The, I'm not even going to talk about him. <sighs> he doesn't belong on a quality no, no. program like ours, does he? No. no. Uh, let else. Let's see what else. Gus Gould turned down a um, an approach from the Bulldogs. Did you read about this? Well, I did. Yes, and he's uh, stuck with the Warriors. Yeah, and good on him. Good on him. Um, he, he can't have his fingers in too many pies, although he's tried in the past. Um, but they were saying today that that's not dead in the water, and that. Um, but I want to know what the angle is. They they signed Bulldogs signed Trent Barrett as head coach this year on the on the basis that he was the genius behind Penrith's attacking prowess last year. Mm. Well, do you think that is is Trent? Have they finally thrown their hands up in the air and gone? Well, we've made the wrong move here. We've employed Trent Barrett on the basis of nothing, and now we're sitting down the bottom of the table. We probably need to get him some help. Do you think T Baz would take kindly to Gus? waltzing in and telling him what to do? Well, do you think these coaches have got egos big enough where they wouldn't actually ask for help? Do you think Baz has gone, hey, you know, hand on hat in hand, hand on heart or whatever it is, and he's walked into the uh, to the board and said, hey, guys, I need help. I can't get a read on T-Baz, to they be honest. They wouldn't do that, surely. These coaches seem to be egomaniacs, like sometimes know. in a good way, but I, I think, yeah, they'd never ask for help, would they? I don't know. What would you do? You're a renowned egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> would you go and ask? I would. I think oh, I would. Yeah, if, but I don't know if it'd be from Gus Gould. But and then again, he's he's he's. Uh, I think he's a different kind of guy away from the microphone. You know, when he's actually in the club, he would be probably a tremendous resource if you just tapped him for uh, you know playing and coaching and man management type stuff. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. They have. Coaches have a huge support structure around them that n- not many people hear about. They have all kinds of strength and conditioning coaches, attacking coaches, defensive stats, uh, yeah, stats men, physios, all kinds of guys. So you got to wonder why, you know, if you employ a head coach, you got to think that he's the like he's not doing the day to day grind stuff. He's the one that's coming up with the tactics and the game plans. So when the you know if if they're going to bring in a guy like Gus Gould, who seems to be the um you know what a head coach should be 
then you've got to wonder whether you've employed the right bloke. But anyway, mm. I think the proof is in the pudding. Did you know that that saying is the proof of the pudding is in the eating? No, it's not the proof is in the pudding. The proof of the pudding is in the eating in of the, the pudding. Eating. Yeah, that makes a bit more sense, isn't it? Yeah, I could I could even have that wrong, but it's one of those ones that's been... Uh, oh, I saw a thing on Facebook <coughs> once about where all those sayings come from, like piss poor and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> what about weak as piss? <laughs> Did they have that? Oh, I don't know. Weak as piss is uniquely Australian. That's I think my favourite. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> piss poor is pretty good too. Because you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come to dinner tonight because I'm piss poor. Or you could say, that was a piss poor effort from Clint Gutherson the other night. Well, where does it come from? Is it from not having a pot to piss in? Yeah, well, that's, I'll have to look it up and we'll put it up in the show notes. I'll put a little link to it. It's quite interesting. I don't know if any of it's fact or not. But I don't know. Someone's gone to the effort of explaining it to us and I can't explain what piss poor means, but something to do with piss. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that word. It's a horrible word. Piss. <laughs> Except when used in, conjun- in conjunction with weak as. Yeah, or getting on the piss. <laughs> <laughs> what a good It's a good word. It's a versatile word. She gave me everything and drifted away. I wasn't paying attention. Well, it's that time of the year again, our favourite time of the year. When we used to do our, our, our YouTube league, indeed, we got very excited. We used to dress up. We haven't. I've got my cardigan on, but I haven't worn my tie or anything. Yeah, we used to wear ties. It was quite <laughs> the occasion. Oh, you've got to love State of Origin, especially oh. now that it's back in the winter and it's not 40 degrees. Yeah, at the end of the year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, I like it when uh see very depleted Penrith side this weekend, but they'll still probably win. Oh, well, I don't know. Let's go yeah. through the teams. We named ours the other day, or a couple of episodes ago, maybe last episode, I can't remember, but uh, we weren't far somewhat, off in somewhat, some areas. Somewhat close, weren't we? Yeah, we got the halves right, I think. But anyway, let's go through. James Tedesco, of course. We, had, we both had uh, Turbo, I think, didn't we? Hmm. Yeah. And Teddy off the bench, but they've gone, they've stuck tried and true and gone um, with a couple of fullbacks in the centres. But uh, Brian Toto gets his start on the on the wing with Josh Adokar on the other one, Latrell and Tommy T in the centres. I think that's a big mistake. Yeah, big mistake there, both of them. Uh, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Uh, I'm glad they didn't go for Whiten at 5'8 because he's in the worst form of his career, yeah. apart from, uh, I think, 2015 when. When he had an even worse patch, but we won't talk about that. Daniel Saifidi and Jake Trebojevic in the uh, front row. I didn't see that that coming. Jake, I no, thought... I didn't think Jake should have been picked anywhere. Much uh, less the front row. Damien Cook won the battle of the dummy halves and uh, Appy Coruscant misses out. Cameron Murray is in the second row for some reason. Is he going to play though? Didn't he get sided on the weekend? No, he got off. Oh, he got off. Yeah, okay. uh, right. for a crusher. Uh, Tariq Tariqwa Sims in the second row as well. I uh, don't agree with that one. Jack no. Whiten gets a start on the bench. I can't see why. I agree with that one. I don't. I don't think he's a benchy at all. But mm. I suppose he can cover a few different positions. Anyway, he's out of form. I don't think he didn't didn't deserve to get picked. Is what I'm aiming at there. Junior Paulo for some reason on the bench. I thought he was a starter. Payne Haas the same, yeah. and Liam Martin. Um, who's unlucky? <sighs> well, let's start with who's lucky. So, Toroyevich 
Jake, very lucky to even get a spot. Well, he's lucky his brother came back. Yeah, and Tariq, Tarek Sims. I admittedly I haven't seen enough of Tarek Sims, but I, I would have uh, this year. But I would have um, had. Uh, who was the bloke I picked? <laughs> I can't even remember. Who I <laughs> Where's picked bloody in the front Nathan row. Brown? Yeah, well, Nathan Brown is he suspended or injured? No, he's he's an Origin specialist. Oh, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, one well, theory geez. I heard was that under the new crackdown, they just couldn't take the risk. Oh, of, really? Yeah, but look, you got Tar- Tariq Wasims in there. He's he's as big a high shot merchant as anyone. Mm. I don't understand it. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good one. Yeah, Nathan Brown. Of course, I picked him. Yeah, anyway, we'll see. How, but it, it seems they've just stuck with the same tried and true formula of picking blokes out of position yeah, that well, they no. think are the best players in the NRL. But that, there's a couple of combinations there. But Latrell and Tom Trevojevic, haven't they learned their lesson? Oh, no, put a specialist centre in at least. Jack Bird, I think you mentioned him. He, would have, he wouldn't have uh, looked out of place. I think I had him in my team. You did, I? yeah. He's been playing great. Been playing the house down. I, I picked uh, Zachy Lomax. Would have gone all right too, but uh, yeah, and Brian Tottall, I don't know how he's going to suit. Well, this is what I wanted to ask you. How do you think blokes like uh, Luai and Tottall and uh, who else are going to kind of handle the origin cauldron as debutants? Well, Nathan Cleary's got um, question marks over him because he's had a couple of shockers in the past in the uh, origin arena. I love how they, they always say arena and <laughs> theatre around this cauldron. time Everything's an, an emotive, origin arena. Emotive words, aren't they? Oh, and God. I noticed Damien Cook put on a show on the weekend, like as soon as it's kind of, you know, selection time after being pretty, pretty bad for most of the year, hasn't he? So he's lucky too. Oh, but. I think I think he he deserves... Uh, is probably... If they're talking about combinations and stuff like that all the time, then Coruscant probably was the better choice. But I don't think... I don't think... Well... He he he's the he's the linchpin of the whole operation. If they shut down Damien Cook, which teams in the past have shown that you can, hmm. then I don't think New South Wales win. Anyway, Kalen Ponga was selected at fullback, but has since been ruled out. Now Val Holmes will go on to uh, back to fullback. Where I think you had Brimson in your starting oh, lineup anyway, didn't you? How isn't Brimson a walk-up start? He's on the interchange bench, so how come he's not starting? Oh, he's been one of the form fullbacks of the year, I think. Well, Val Holmes uh, has been playing really good footy the last few weeks as he well, has. so you can't really argue with that. I've never seen Brimson play on the wing or anything, though, so Val goes back. I think Val's a good winger. Well, he's the, I think he's one of the best wingers. best wingers. I've said that all along, anyway. Uh, the wingers for Queensland are Xavier Coates, who I think he deserved that. There was a, mm-hmm. um, Although I would have had Corey. Corey Oates. <laughs> Is he even playing first grade anymore? No, I but... Know. But Same I, as your other pick, Fergo is not even playing first. How about poor old? That's who I, I forgot. Fergo got dropped this got, week. <laughs> got dropped. So, oh, what a scapegoat! He oh. didn't do anything wrong. Oh, jeez, I don't know. All he did was look handsome and be kind mm. to everybody. Anyway, back to Queensland. Yeah, so, Val, Val Holmes on the on the wing originally, but it's gone back to fullback. So, so do they bring Felt in? Now? Yeah, I think Felt got a start instead of Corey Oates, which is stupid. Mm. Kurt Capel, I think we picked him in the centres, and Dane Gagai. Yeah, good in good choices. form. The yeah, well, Gagai them. tore it up the other day. He did tear it up. Munster and uh, Cherry Evans in the halves. Munster's still under a bit of an injury cloud, but they reckon he'll play. He'll be right. Christian Welch, Harry Grant, and Tino. Fa- Fasuwa Ma'alawi. Thank you. you. 
in the front row. Uh, I think we all we had them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Grant's still under a bit of an injury cloud. Probably will play. They reckon he's right to go. Felice Kafusi somehow got off a tripping charge the other night and will line up in the second row. Uh, David Fafita, of course, in the second row. And Jai Arrow at lock. We didn't have him in there. Um, Alexander Brimson. Did you know his name is Alexander? <laughs> yeah, I did. I only just found that out not long ago. What's his middle name? Jay. <laughs> As in J-A-Y. <laughs> uh, who did we have in there? We had, well, oh, I had Dynamis Louie, but yeah, he, he hasn't been covering himself in glory lately. <laughs> I don't think he's playing first grade either. But then again, teams have picked him from reserve grade before. Yeah. Origin teams. The only difference I had in the forwards was uh, I had Tino at lock instead of oh, yes, the yeah. front row. Yeah. Oh, they got him. Oh, so they got Jai Arrow. I don't think I had Jai Arrow, did I? I don't like Jai Arrow. Oh, there, he I'll, seems I'll like a bit of a lair, doesn't he? Jaden Sewer, who who was uh, dropped by by Wayne Bennett last week for the club game, somehow got a start on the interchange. Um, but I think he's an origin specialist, yeah. isn't he? Yep. Real hard man. Uh, uh, Fodawaka. We had choice. him. Or I did. Um, did anyone have Joe off in Gowie? No, I, I must admit I kind of forgot about him because he plays for West. Hmm. But the big loser out of this whole shake-up, I think, was um, uh, the Parramatta hooker, uh, Reed Marnie. Yeah, and they sent him home too because they said, yeah. no, we definitely don't need you. So he's put lining up for Parramatta this week. But, um, yeah, I would have found a spot for him on the bench, I would have thought. I, I, well, I wouldn't have had Brimson on the bench. I would have had him at uh, fullback, Val Hines on the wing, and uh, Marnie yeah, I think on you the could, bench. I think you could bring Reed Marnie, like have him as a 14, bring him on, put Harry Grant back to uh, lock. Yeah. I think it would work okay. But anyway. yeah, yeah, maybe they're just thinking he's not a big enough body. But then I reckon you need smaller blokes in these origin games at the back end. But uh, anyway, here's it's what a, it is. It'll be an absorbing contest. It's a pretty evenly matched um, origin this year, I reckon. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Do you happens. reckon they're going to referee it differently? No. Oh. I, I don't think so. I think there'll be 10 minutes galore. What do you think? Yeah, all the purists have been... Up in arms all week about you can't have Origin bloody playing eleven against thirteen and <laughs> happens pretty much every Origin I've ever watched. I exactly, that's that. what I was going to say. That tempers always fray a little bit in in the Origin theatre arena, and so <laughs> Cauldron. you're going to have you're going to have hot headed blokes cheap shotting and and head high and to try and get the upper hand. So it won't be any different. They might, you know, you'd hope that they won't. That they'll have a good, the bunker will have a good hard look at the the marginal ones, like the accidental ones where somebody dips at the line or something like that. And they might let them go, and it'll just be a penalty, and they won't send them off. But I'm sure someone will get binned for a for a swinging arm. Mm. Who do you think's going to win? Queensland. I'm going to go with Queensland too. <clears throat> yeah, and then, oh, that's the other thing we should talk about the. The relocation to Townsville to one eight hundred smiles. That's a. Did you see that that game up there? It's it really struck beauty. me how nice that place is. Oh, and they had to. They've got provision and put more grandstand area in, so they sold out the tickets apparently yeah. within thirty minutes or whatever it was. And now they're putting extra. Seating. Two minutes. Oh, two minutes. Two minutes. It sold out, and they've got that big open end, which I think is yeah. one of the nice features of it. it lets that nice tropical breeze blow through the. <laughs> well, I think rather have than to the, put, put a grandstand in there now, aren't they? I think I think they can just wheel one up, and yeah. blokes can sit on the on those you know those aluminium 
the skinny little aluminium slats that they have for temporary stands. There'll be blokes <laughs> yeah. complaining about a sore. Oh, Jesus, my ass is sore. Bleachers. Yeah, the bleachers. Um, and so it should be up there. They should. They probably should have more games because it's everyone's moaning about it being in Queensland, but it's far north Queensland. It's probably as far from there as it is to bloody New South Wales. Yeah, but they're all Queenslanders. <laughs> yeah, but that's, and rabid ones well, at that. Yeah, but like everyone's, oh, Queensland's got the advantage yet again. But you know, remember back in the old days, they used to have two games at Lang Park and then one game in Sydney and vice versa. Well, so. They'd swap it. But then the geniuses decided that they needed to have neutral venues to grow the game and, and such yeah, and oh, such. That's fair enough as but, well. Um, it's always worked pretty well in Melbourne and Perth and well, everywhere. But. The only reason that they got the game in the first place was they got off their ass and put the bid in straight away once they realised it wasn't going to be at the MCG. And New South Wales government sat on their hands and did nothing and paid the price. Yep. Good. Suck it, Gladys. Well, we've got a rare treat today, Sam. On the line is a man who knows uh, needs no introduction, if you're, unless you've been living under a rock in the central west of New South Wales. Uh, Mark McLeish has held, uh, worn many hats over the years, including CEO of Cowra Carpet Cleaning, Cowra uh, Civic Centre, not to mention bass player extraordinaire in such famous bands as the Ogatones, Regretful Jones, the Rank Outsiders, to name a few. Mark, are you there? I am, Ben. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. Um, and I didn't mention off the top there that you're also the president of the Cowra Rugby League. And have how long have you been in that position for? I've done probably I've done two uh, sort of two or three year stints in the job. Um, got out of it for a little while and then went back in. And uh, um, yeah, you sort of uh, get in and then realise why you got out again. And, and, <laughs> and um, but uh, it, it's a it's a bumpy ride. But uh, when the boys are out on the field playing footy, it's all worthwhile. For sure. And for listeners who, who are not sure of where Cowra is, it's uh, in the central west of New South Wales, about four hours west of Sydney, surrounded by bigger centres like uh, Bathurst, Orange, only a couple of hours from Canberra. It uh, used to be part of the Group 10 competition, which is, leads me into my uh, next point, is uh, Cowra this year has gone from Group 10. Can you tell us where they've gone to? Uh, mate, we're still in the Group Ten competition. We've just withdrawn from the first grade, uh, first grade component of that. Um, the um, the numbers at training um, were were quite grim at the start of the year, and uh, we were struggling to find um, quality um, coaching um, options as well as uh, playing options to to make a team competitive in the first grade competition. So uh, it was a long and difficult. Uh, difficult process but we um we sort of scratched everything back to the bare wood and we uh, we made a decision for the best interest of not only the club moving forward but the the welfare of the players within it yeah yeah sorry my mistake i, I yeah i did know that but i got it wrong as usual um That's okay. so what teams are you fielding this year it's reserve grade under 18s and the ladies tag and the ladies league tag yeah so uh mate we're, we've got three grades there um the, um, the the club's performing well. Um, we're yet to pick up a win in the in the reserve grade competition, but uh, we're finding ourselves playing against um, teams that that do have that 
two, three, maybe four first-grade quality players in there. Um, obviously, teams are taking the opportunity to give a few blokes a few extra miles in their legs and uh, and particularly players coming back from injury. So it's certainly not a reserve-grade quality competition we're playing in. Um, but our guys have, have stood up and, and we've been in every competition so far. Um, and uh, I'm pretty proud of the way they're standing up and, and uh, playing against some pretty big boys. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going okay. So what do you put it down to not being able to field a uh, first-grade team this year? Well, mate, look, you'd see a lot of the commentary and, and, um, you know, I I think uh, a lot of the figures and things that are being quoted are a little bit misguided or um, I I dare not say doctored, but um, the the figures showing male participation certainly does include touch football and uh, and other bits and pieces as well. So I think the man's game is is down a little bit in numbers. Um, However, I, I think... I think New South Wales Rugby League are, are overlooking um, the fact that it's not just about numbers; it's about where those numbers are and and uh, and how the, the 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 numbers are spread across the competitions. Um, so we we just basically have trouble socioeconomically with care and not holding a lot of industry at the moment to be able to employ people. Um, so our kids are up and off to uni and they're up and off finding jobs and. Uh, and um, so, you know, keeping keeping that long-term player in town is becoming a harder and more difficult pro, um, prospect. So, um, you know, we, we, we've just decided to, to sit back and let's let's try and get a bit of a, a family and a local um, attitude back towards the club and get that environment back to the way it was that I remember when I was coming through the ranks um, and uh, see if we can build back up into a, a top-level club from there. So what's your junior participation rates over there like? Um, on the... As you know, I'm a little bit involved over here in WA uh, with the juniors and um, their participation rate's actually pretty good, like as far as all their numbers over here. Um, how is it in Cowra and in New South Wales in general? Well, Cowra's has been a very different um, different junior league club over the years as uh, many of the bigger centres have gone into the Group 10 regional competitions with one side or two sides very early. Um, Cowra's prided itself on being able to hold a an intertown junior competition with you know up to four sometimes five teams per age group um now that has slowly sort of um started to dwindle and uh, we've been moving into the group 10 competition from under 12s um where originally it was under 16s and up um so uh the the, the weight of numbers are starting to um to show um and uh, you know so that that moving into the regional competition is becoming younger and younger however we still managed to produce amazing quality young footballers as a result of that i believe and um you know, so they're, they're getting they're getting good quality grounding, and um, as I said, once once they get up into under 18s, we get a very short period of time with them, and then they're off up and off to uh, bigger and better things, whether it be sporting wise, academically, or or uh, employment. So, um, you know, I, I think that the numbers are good um, to a point, but um, we're a long way. Um, ahead of a lot of other clubs, if you put it in a reverse fashion, that um, that we've been able to manage that intertown competition for a lot longer than a lot of bigger centres. And you put that down to coaching, retaining 
like the coaches, you know, retaining numbers, you know, going no, starting from under the, sixes the coaching, and going all the, the way up. Stuff pretty much revolves. Um, sorry to cut you off. Sam. No, you're um, right. You're right. The, the coaching pretty much revolves. You know, it's a bit of a revolving door. Uh, you know, you find a lot of dads, mainly um, of kids in the team, as you're fully aware, um, take on the coaching roles. But I think that the work of the junior league and their committee over the years has been set up by by really smart people that have, have been very dedicated, and and that sort of has rolled on. Um, but once again, it's it's just becoming harder and harder for the volunteers to commit the time required to keep things fresh and up and running. So unfortunately, Cara hasn't fielded an under-15s and 16s team this year, which um, certainly concerns us from a senior league point of view of where our sort of 10-year future lies. I think you find that's nationwide, 15s. Yes. Like they reckon from 12s through to 16s, that's the real you know, drop-off point. Um, they said there was something like 40%. I went to a thing the other day and they said 40% of kids will drop out of league. Um, yes. So, yeah. yeah, so if you've got 10 players in your juniors, then you've got to find four four more players every year. So it's a tough Yeah, tough mate, look, I, I, don't think, I don't think the reasons that they're citing are uh, relevant uh, or not so much relevant, but, but quite accurate. I think sort of people make a few things up. But from my observations out here, um, the kids are getting so much more responsible in life a whole lot earlier. Um, you know, we, we were running around in in shitbox cars and, and pissing our pay packet up the wall from Thursday to Thursday, um, where, you know, we've, we've got two young blokes that have played 18s for us this year that have just started their first mortgage. You know, they're buying houses and they're, they're setting themselves up for the future. So their concerns about playing rugby league on the weekend are, are valid um, as to being able to pay their mortgage and, and pay their bills, you know. So it's it's a bit of a rock and hard place because you want to shake the kid's hand and say, good on you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you really want him to be out there running around and enjoying being a kid for just that little bit longer. Um, but, you know, so th- I think there's there's a lot being missed as far as the, the conversation around the numbers are concerned. And uh, uh, the risks involved in playing any contact sport these days are outweighing the kids' attitudes towards life. And uh, that the, the, the competition out there in life is far greater than what it is on the footy field. And if you're not putting your best foot forward, you're going to get left behind. And... Um, so I, I think that's that's always on the back of the mind of these young fellas. And, um, you know, so I think there's a lot of misconversation about that element. Yeah. That's a really good point. Do you, do you think that's a, a, a bigger factor these days than it used to be in the old days where you'd lose players to, to other sports maybe or or to different competitions around around the Central West? Is that more well, of a concern for the young bloke these days? I think it is. And, you know, from other points, sports point of view, you know, when we were growing up, um, in Cowra, it was it was cricket in the summer, footy in the in the winter. Mm. Um, you know, I, I remember mentioning hockey to my old man one day, and he looked at me like I had two heads. And um, <laughs> it, you know, so there's been this this ongoing thing that's this it's just a slow changing. You know, there's tennis, there's hockey, there's touch footy, there's rugby union, there's Aussie rules, and uh, you know, from the local perspective, we we look at about 150 kids in each age group in the schools. Um, you cut that in half and that's how many young fellas you've got. And then you've got to share that amongst four codes of footy and, and, um, and the, the other stuff, you know, so there's not a lot, not a lot to share around if you break it down to the numbers. Yeah, um, for sure. So Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So it is that small town thing. And, and we know very well that, 
to compete in a first grade competition, we are going to have to import players, and and that has been getting uh, um, that the number of imported players has been getting greater and greater each year, and the finance involved in that is getting harder and harder to not only find but to justify. And uh, you know, so that's that's had a lot to do with why Cow has made the decision uh, we have to step back this year. Yeah, and the and the money. The money that you need to 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 operate a rugby league club that I've that I've only got limited knowledge, obviously you know much more than me. But the money needed just to run the day to day operations, let alone pay the players, is extraordinary. From what That's I see, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know the uh, the non committal um, attitude of players these days is making it very hard. Um, you know they come in, they play. And we, we pride ourselves on paying the registration of insurance for all our players. We don't actually charge our pay, players to pay, mm. to play. Um, and, um, you know, so a kid comes in, he runs around for two weeks, decides he doesn't want to play anymore, and that costs us $200, you know, and uh, not to mention putting shorts and socks on them and whatever else they can walk out with. Um, you know, so it, it's 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 a very difficult thing to keep up with, and, you know, our, our ability to maintain that to our players is becoming very, very hard. Um and you know, I, I think you're spending two hundred thousand dollars to win the group cap, group ten competition at the moment, and yeah. that's that's pretty much where it stands. And you know, I, I've said to a few people, um, we made the grand final at home um, three years ago. Um, it, it cost us about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And to put that into some some perspective, and I, I want people to really think about this, is that that. In that same year, um, hay bales were being donated to farmers that were on their knees in drought. Yeah. Um, you know, so to really sit back and think about that, we have to understand and, and, and acknowledge that it's just not justified and it's just not right um, for for towns in, in country New South Wales to be to be spending that much money on what is essentially a game. And, uh, you know, we, we found that a pretty bitter pill to swallow and, and we put our hands up and said, we're as much a part of the problem. We're not, we're not crying uh, hard done by here at all. Um, you know, we have been part of the problem because that's what we've had to do to put a competitive team on the paddock. Um, and, um, you know, we, we've just drawn the line and said, we just can't do that anymore. It's just not we can't look our sponsors in the eye and say that we're spending their money responsibly. Uh, our job is to grow the game of rugby league out here. It's not. It's not our job to be, um, you know, to be top of the pile, winning competitions. You know, winning ten thousand dollar competitions with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars spend. <laughs> if any, if any bloke that's in business thinks that's smart, then you know they're not much of a businessman. Mm. Um, you know, so it's 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 a difficult thing. You want to try and remain competitive, and you want to try and have some quality players to bring those talented juniors through. Um, but it's 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 detrimental to the long term picture to be able to do that. But but as I said, um, I've said to a few people before that uh, the, the problem with rugby league is at the moment it's 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 a professional corporate model um, with with amateur grassroots, and that becomes very very difficult to play. So where does the NRL stand in this? Do they step in and say, no, we've got to have Cowra in the competition this year, we'll help you out, or uh, Mate, they look, just I, wash their hands of it? Or I, I think the KPIs for um, New South Wales Rugby League, who are our direct things, and, and certainly this isn't a, a crit- critique of the staff or the people doing doing the work there, I think the KPIs are number-based. And, and unfortunately, with a lot of sport, and I've been involved in junior cricket and things like that, it's it's numbers on a database um, that, that don't give context of where it all really is. Um, so, you know, you see Brad Fittler come out and say, well, I think emotion's getting in the way of it. Well, of course it is. And it should be, because that's what made the game great. And, um, you know, so he's an employee of New South Wales Rugby League, so I get, his, I get that he's telling the company line. 
Um, but I think they say that they're coming regional um, and, and doing all this stuff in the bush. But, you know, they're not really. And they're not really opening their eyes while they're out here and they're not really listening um, to what's going on, you know. So, that you know, you, you talk about a club like Yagara, um, who is arguably one of the most historically um, uh, esteemed clubs in, in country New South Wales with, with blokes that have represented Australia from Yugara And, you know, it, little clubs like that matter. And and while they're still going okay in the Woodbridge Cup, you know, it, it's those clubs that we want to protect. And it's foundation clubs, you know, and, and um, you know, the, the steep history of Cowra as far as internationals are concerned. And, um, you know, in the year 2000, we, we had three former Cowra juniors coaching in the NRL. Um, I, I just don't think you can can say that any other town of our size could even come close to boasting that. Um, you know, so we've, we've, we've done pretty well as far as producing quality footballers into the NRL at, and at state and national level. Um, you know, so it, it's no secret that you can you can um, succeed from towns like ours. Um, Shannon Boyd comes to mind just recently. Um, you know, so and that's what you call grassroots footy. You, know, a- you don't take... You don't take an NRL game to Coffs Harbour and tell me you're bringing it regional. That's just not not right. Yeah, good point. Well, the you seem to be doing a good job out there, mate. And you seem to have the support after that pretty difficult decision to withdraw Cowra. I know from everything I've read, there was a little bit of backlash at first, but everybody seems to be on board now. I'm sure there's still a few dissenters amongst the ranks, but um, do you think you've got the majority support of the town for the decision that you made? Oh yeah, mate. Look, I think every every club's got their old boys mafia that that sit and <laughs> play play bridge on a Thursday afternoon and have a crack at you. But um, you know that that overall, uh, to be honest with you, when when we went public with it, I I basically sat there and just waited. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> um, but the um, you know to be the first president to not field a first grade side in Cara for well over a hundred years is um, was a daunting daunting thing for me um, personally um, it, it created quite a bit of angst and anxiety with me uh, but um, the the wider the wider support has been fantastic and um, the the contact I got from presidents and CEOs of clubs statewide um, was was quite humbling and quite um, quite encouraging so um, you know I, I think everybody's on the same page we've, we've just got to have more people come out and tell the truth and and say what's really going on because if you keep towing the, com- the company line then you you, you know you've, you're just never going to get anywhere and if, if something needs to be said then say it and uh, so uh, look it's all good I, I, I don't want to sort of paint a doom and gloom picture because you know that everything's going great and everybody enjoys their footy and and um, and you know the, the the finished product at the end of the line probably isn't it's it's not even doesn't even resemble what the the grassroots product is, um, but we've just got to keep plugging along and you know if we can get get one or two kids through to the to the big time every few years then we've we've done our jobs as a as a footy committee. So where are you at for season twenty twenty two? We had a few irons in the fire. Um, you know yeah. we've. we've we've sort of started the, the, the thought process of getting back into first division or first com- first grade competition at the moment. Um, we're sort of talking to a few NRL people um, or sort of fringe NRL guys at the moment. Um, and hopefully that something comes of that and we can, we can sort of push in, but um, New South Wales rugby league are proposing um, different structures and structure changes to the competitions out here at the moment. And uh, so we'll have a bit of a briefing at the end of this month of what that, that entails. So we're, we're sort of not, not trying to go too far without knowing exactly what's going on there. 
All right. Let's uh, change tack a little bit here. Now, I don't want to embarrass you, but you were a very, 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 very good rugby league player yourself, Mark. I just want to ask you a few questions about your playing career. You played... Uh, you played a lot of Central West in a lot of Central West uh, representative teams, and then went down to Sydney for a while, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was lucky enough to sort of play a bit of group and and uh, division footy, and then uh, went down and trialed at the the Bulldogs amongst other clubs. But the Bulldogs took me down there for a little while, and um, things sort of didn't didn't really. Well, no, I won't say that. I I, I think. Uh, I, I just sort of got down there and realised that full-time footy was not for me. Um, yeah. And um, Bush Boy in the city hated it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that for that experience, yeah. yeah. So who's the uh, – this is what I'm leading into. Who's the best player you ever played with? Well, let's oh, let's go yeah. best player you ever played with in Cowra at, at, um, at Group 10 level and then the best player you, you got to play with in, in Sydney. Look, one of the one of the best players I've ever played with out here was was the late and great Whippy Williams, um, um, and sort of he stopped playing when he was about eighteen, nineteen. Um, but as far as raw talent can, is concerned, I just don't remember better um, from a, a group group and Western um, perspective. I, I think you know you, I played in a pretty awesome forward pack in the Group Ten first grade side with the likes of Glenn Bourne and Dave Scott and and Blinkhorns and, and the Hobbies and <laughs> those sorts of fellas. It was pretty formidable. Um, and uh, swinging, swinging off front rowers like that as a hooker was, um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever felt safer on a footy field. Um, Bert Gordon comes to mind as far as a, a senior player is concerned that, that really, um, really um, was, was magical to play with. Um, and... Um, I think Gavin Miller, from a coaching point of view, I, I played a season down in Goulburn under Gavin Miller, um, who he's just his passion and his knowledge of the game was just just incredible. And um, you know, I think I learnt more off him in in six months than I did in in my sixteen years of playing prior to going down there. Um, but it, you know, I, I, I'm 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 lucky enough to be able to you know sometimes you get into those teams it's harder to get out than get in. But um, you know, I was lucky enough to be a part of some some pretty good teams and uh, played beside David Peachy, which was, which was fantastic. And, um, you know, he was a five, eight then, and he'd have been six stone ringing wet, but was just as tough as old boots and, and as skillful as any player you'll, you'll ever see. Um, you know, so I, I've got a wide range of, of, of um, experiences I'm proud of. Um, we won a country championship with the Western division under 19s with, uh, well, I'm sure you remember Dave Chapman and, uh, Jimmy Carrick and a few people like that that went on to, to play NRL and, and time in time in England. Um, a bloke by the name of Robbie Beasley who went on to play a couple of hundred games for the London Broncos. Um, you know, so um, I, I can say I'm privileged. Um, I've, I've got to sit on the side of the bed for 10 minutes before I try and stand up right at the moment. But, um, <laughs> That's what um, I was, that was my next question. Play, you, you played hooker you, pretty much your entire career, right? Uh, yeah, I moved into the back row a bit when I, uh, I got a bit fatter. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but um, I, if, if, if you ask me what my trade was, I'm definitely a, definitely a hooker by trade. So being a hooker in, in um, Group 10 Rugby League, you would have put your head in some pretty dicey positions over the years. Did you get knocked out much? Oh, look, I, I've got to say yes. Um, I, But probably more to my fault than anyone else's, I... I was a little bloke that enjoyed knocking over big men, um, and I, I think my game was definitely defensively 
orientated. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, if I had my time again, I'd have probably been a lot smarter as far as the way I tried to do things. But, yeah, um, um, but yeah I, I, I prided myself on being a bit of a, a, a sort of a hard defender. Um, and, um, and, yeah, so I, I probably did uh, go through a few games where, where I don't really remember the end of it. Um, and yeah. um, I've got to say that, I, that it, it plays on my mind today. I've done a lot of talk, uh, a lot of research into the head injuries and the, the stuff that's been happening over in the NSL and things like that. And this is a real concern in the modern game. Um, however, I don't think that there is a solution. Um, you know, we hear a lot of people talking about the the low tackle. Well, you know, they, they started changing things back in the, the 90s with the low tackle because... Um, players were having their feet taken out from under them and the likes of Mark Guyer and those sorts of fellas coming over the top as a second player and making contact with the head. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that there is a fix. Um, I think that the NFL method of just basically putting a, a warning on the on the product that, hey, there's risks involved here and why we'll do our best, um, it, it, it's a part of the game. And, um, um, yeah, I, I just can't see a fix for it. Because uh, as I said, you, you know, we've, we've talked about bringing back the, the value of the low tackle. Well, the low tackle was producing as many head injuries as as the the sort of smothering tackle that we're seeing today. Um, and um, it, because there's nothing worse than a bloke that's holding onto a ball with his legs with his legs that are immobilised and he's falling to the ground, basically exposed. And uh, yeah. um, so it does leave itself to to head contact again whether it was shoulders and forearms and whatever else and, and I think if you go back and look through the likes of Mark Guy's highlight reel that was a big part of his so-called ferocious play I'm going to wait until his boots are wrapped up and then I'm going to flog him and um, <laughs> you know, so I, uh, I have a hard time with the hard man tag on a few of those blokes they were just thugs and nothing yeah. more nothing less yeah. I think I agree with that point yeah so it, it's um, it, it plays on my mind I've sometimes sometimes walking up the steps and forget whether I'm going up or down and, and it, it, it is a concern and I um, it, it's yeah it, it's a difficult thing to talk about because you know I'm, I'm here promoting the game of rugby league and what I do but um, I'm fully aware and, and and worried about the risks of it yeah yeah you're also 46 years old too, mate. <laughs> I was just going to say. 47, like I'm 43 and I don't know why I've walked into a room sometimes and yeah. I've never been concussed. Yeah, yeah, no, it is it is, it is, is hard. But yeah, it, when, when, when you see all the research and you see all the, the publicity around it and you've, you have been rattled and laying on tables with nothing but a light and hearing voices, it's, um, it, yeah. it's, it, it does play on the mind. And uh, my young bloke got a got a bit of a head slam on the hard cricket pitch at Wade Park on Saturday. And, you know, I just, uh, it worries you as a parent as well, you know, so there, there are things that they've got to deal with, but, um, you know, I, I think the game will live on if they just come out and acknowledge that it's, you know, it, it is part of it. And, um, you know, I, I think Willie Kahn back in the nineties threatened to sue the next bloke that hit him high. Um, you know, maybe that's what it's going to take. And, um, um, you know, so, there's there's smarter people than me that are out there trying to think of these things, but um, um, I, I think the game is too fast, and that's that's what's making it very hard to hard to control. Well, you sound like you're doing all right to us, mate. Thank you very much for the <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for coming to talk to us on League Indeed today. But before you go, 
I was, I've just written up a set of six here. I like to call it the set of six. It's a brand new segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brand new segment. Oh, this is oh, the first no. time, first time no, hearing about it. So I'm... Being crash test dummy. Yeah, 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 well, no, no, you got to do what you got to do when you come on League Indeed. Now, um, but because go. Sam's put a Jack White and Grubber in that's gone over the dead ball line by 20 metres, uh, it's going to be a set of seven. Righto. Seven tackle set. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. Song you wish you had written. Jeez. I'm going to go with a message I might have sent to some friends of mine yesterday. <laughs> Jim Fix. <laughs> By the Fives. The Fives. Excellent yeah. choice. Good choice. Uh, best rugby league team ever. Um, oh, geez, you're going to love this. I reckon the 89 Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Uh, that's a very nice answer. We Back love- when I loved them. Back <laughs> when I loved them. <laughs> Uh, kiss or poison? Oh, my God. Come on, that's easy. You're only allowed one album <laughs> from it's, either. It's, it's Kiss Hands Down. Well, well, Really? I mean, Poison only had one. Yeah, but it was a cracker. Yeah, it was a pretty good album. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, that's a good question. But Dynasty, Dynasty makes, me, makes me weak at the knees. Da- right. Dynasty. We'll accept that. Well, uh, I'm going Dynasty. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what's that going to be? Spring rolls, mate. Spring <laughs> Springies. You're Veg- on fire. Vegetarian ones or ones with pork if, in them? If God intended me to be thin, he wouldn't have, in, he wouldn't have invented them. <laughs> uh, no, Bob... classic, classic survey spring roll has been sitting there minimum three hours. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you mean the big fat spring rolls from the... Yeah, yeah crispy yeah. on the ends, bit of chicken salt, wondering where the green colour comes from. <laughs> nice. God. Uh, Bob Dylan or Paul Simon? Oh, that's not fair. That's easy. Yeah, I knew what no, Sam's is. <laughs> Go with your heart. I'm, I'm going to say Paul Simon's given me more joy. All right, I'll accept it. Good. Laurie Daly, 5'8 or centre? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've already got that pencil in there. Tell the listeners what you reckon. <laughs> centre through and through. Laurie Daly, centre, okay. Uh, and last but not least, favourite pie. Look, that's <laughs> it's like choosing your favourite kid. <laughs> choosing your favourite kid. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. It's quite an easy choice. I know I've had, had some cracking pies over the years, and you know very well a, a connoisseur of. And um, I, I, you just can't go past an old Royce's plane. Oh, yeah. excellent choice. At two o'clock in the morning after the uh, snake pit's shut. <laughs> I actually, I actually wrote a uh, wrote a jingle um, in the uh, in the tune of. Um, What's that stupid uh, chicken fried? Oh, yeah. What's the name of it? I can't Dreadful. remember. Yeah, it's called chicken fried. Dreadful song. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, everybody keeps asking for it at gigs, so I wrote one called, you know, I like my Royce's pies. And, <laughs> and it's it, it's gone down like, like yeah, like a lead balloon. <laughs> I didn't quite get the response I was after. All right, Mark McLeish, thank you very much for being on League Indeed today. Wonderful interview. Keep, uh, up, keep up the good fight out there, Mark. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. All the best for the mighty Cara Magpies for the season ahead. How long is that? When's the grand final? 
Uh, September at some stage. Oh, that's yeah. right. So we've, we've got a few things coming up. I might just throw you an email. You might throw a plug in for a few events we've got coming up. Of course uh, we will. Uh, we'll do for sure. And, uh, league, league indeed will be posted high and proud on our new digital scoreboard on Saturday. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks again. Love your work, guys. Still waiting for that fat back hoodie. Yeah, it's, it's in the mail. COVID, <laughs> mate. Is that, that Drew's mail? Yeah, yeah, yeah COVID. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Times are tough. <laughs> Thanks, Mook. Love it. See you, bud. See ya. Bye, man. You can try to change. Bring on the charm of a Jilted Stallion. But she's on a different page. No matter what, you get no medallion. Did you see much footy? On the weekend? I must admit I didn't watch as much as I should have and I watched a lot of replays though because I was in Broome, sunny old Broome over the weekend. Oh, what were you doing up there? Just having fun. Sunning yourself? No, I had to work. and uh, Kicking sharks in the nose. Well, there's a big crocodile problem up there. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodiles in the... Uh, Stealing people's chips? Or... At Cable Beach, yeah, you know, coming up and taking women's bikinis and stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Did you read that in Picture Magazine? <laughs> I think I saw it in a Crocodile Dundee movie or something. But uh, yeah, uh, I've never uh, been to Broome. I'm going to go there one day and look at the camels. Have you ever ridden a camel? I have ridden a camel, but not in Broome. I rode a camel in um, <laughs> Alice Springs, of all places. Oh, yeah. These are filthy, stinking <laughs> bastards of animals. <laughs> Eyelashes to die for, though. You ask any woman on the planet what sort of eyelashes they want, they'll tell you the camel. Like Reese Walsh's. Oh, he's got eyelashes to die for. I'm sticking solid with my theory that he's not the world. He's not the NRL's biggest dream boat. Mm, he's pretty. pretty. He's he kind of spooky looking. Yeah, I he's got really. Oh, I can I can eyes. see the attraction, but Ruby, Ruben Garrick's still my man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Storm gave the Broncos a lesson. I tipped the Broncos for some reason. It I've was one it. of those games they could win. What was I thinking? <laughs> it was at home too, but uh, yeah, they got shellacking. Yeah, they were full Jesus, of errors, weren't they? They're the horrible. Yeah. They they played. They beat the Roosters the week before, and everyone thought, "Oh, they're back," and they're just they're not the back. Error riddled, and Storm just gave them a lesson, <clears> didn't they? <sighs> Well, it was the return of Milf, of course, and oh. he showered himself in piss, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, uh, and do you reckon Nico Hines plays as good as what everyone reckons? Or? Well, I wanted to talk about touch on that in the last segment, okay, or we'll whatever segment we've put these in order in. Mm. And um, I yeah, the Sharks have signed him famously this week for a big deal. Apparently, they snuck in under everyone's guard and. And uh, Nico's a big fan of Fitzgibbon and and a big fan of surfing. Surfing, apparently. yeah, that was so. The big wants thing. to be, yeah, wants to be in uh, Sylvania waters or wherever they have the the surf there in, in the Sutherland. <laughs> show. Remember that show? Is he going to be a bra, bra boy? Oh, Sylvania waters! Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that was the best you? show on Australian TV. I loved it. They used to just smoke. Constantly. Oh, yeah. What was the Smoking menthols. Daryl or something, wasn't it? The guy? Yeah, Daryl and Nolene. Nolene. Yeah. 
Jesus. That was a wonderful show. I used to they'd smoke menthols in their kitchen, and it always made me feel like a smoke. Yeah, well, that was the start of reality TV. Really, that was proper reality. Yeah, well, that's where Nico's moving. But yeah. to your point, I yeah, I, well, I'm, I've gone on record probably every episode this year that I don't think he's a very good player. <laughs> he did. He admittedly played very, very well on the weekend. Yeah, he's uh, been playing okay. Yeah, but through a massive forward pass to score. How's uh, he? How's he going to go without the storms? famous storm structure and system well, around him. we're just going to have to wait and see what sort of structures and systems and things that uh, Fitzgibbon's got. But I suppose there you go, Fitzgibbon living up to his uh, to the hype of being able to bring the big names in. Mm, we'll see, won't we? Cowboys mm. 29 uh, beat the Warriors 28. And game the, be- of the best round. game of the round by far, I think. And the Warriors, I think, were a bit... Un- this, this game probably deserved a draw. It did. It did. I didn't want either team to lose. Mm. Uh some yeah, because uh, Cowboys play good. Uh, well, yeah. They were pretty good. Val Holmes certainly earned his spot. Yeah. How's that, that drop kick? Yeah. Unbelievable. Is that the biggest drop kick you've ever seen? Well, I use the term unbelievable because it was unbelievable. It was. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how big it was. Yeah, but the Warriors got, uh, they didn't deserve to lose it. Reese Walsh had another blinder. So did my man Rog. How's the defensive effort on uh, Harris Tevita when he oh, yeah. smacked? Harris goes whoosh. <laughs> Folded <laughs> a Folded him. Well, there you go. And it shows that you don't need to to uh, come in over the top exactly. to put Why on the big hits. they just have bloody tackles like that all the time? Oh, jeez. Well, uh, West Tigers, 34, beat the hapless Dragons, 18. Uh, the return of Jack DeBellin this week. Uh, some are saying we'll turn around the Dragons' fortunes. I can't see it, to be honest. No. Uh, West Tigers didn't show anything out of the ordinary. I think the the Dragons were just ordinary. Uh, Panthers 30 defeated the hapless Bulldogs 4. I think everybody saw this coming. We both tipped the Panthers. (laughs) Geniuses we are. (laughs) Bulldogs still in all kinds of trouble. They're never in this game. No. Uh, Rabbitohs 38 beat the Eels Eels 20. This is an interesting one because... uh Rabbitohs off the back of what? They got lumped last week by 50 points or whatever and uh, have responded. They did respond. We both tipped them. Did so we? we? Yeah, we obviously knew what was up. No, well, by yeah. the way, I got three. You got four. <laughs> so the, <laughs> Look at me inching ahead. Well, the score still stands at 56-52, so I'm well in front. Four? No, geez, if you keep going the way you're going with your reckless <clears> decisions. <throat> but, uh, yeah, uh, Rabbitohs were good. Rabbitohs. Um, you can tell it's origin time when blokes like Gagai start lifting and Cook, I mentioned earlier as well, like they seem to have found an extra gear. I disagree with that. I think Gagai is always good. Apart, he has the odd shocker, admittedly. He will drop a few balls and be off his game. But I, 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 everybody seems to focus on him around origin time because he's such a good origin player. Great origin player. And everyone goes, oh, well, then Gagai will start playing good now. All the, all the toothless South fans <laughs> seem to be the ones that say it because they don't like him for some reason. We'll take him at the Raiders. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, oh. 44-16, yeah. uh, the Roosters Reserve go the, pretty much the North Sydney Bears beat him up. And yeah. there's all kinds of problems which we talked about before. We shan't be talking about them any longer. His Corey Horsburgh is out with injury, isn't he? He, he should too. be out of the country. <laughs> they should deport him to Russia or something. Just awful. Oh, he God. can pretend to get hit by a car or something and 
Just don't pick him again. Oh, he's the worst. And my origin hopeful, Hudson Young, languishing in the <laughs> New South Wales Cup. They've got all sorts of problems, Raiders. I don't want to talk about it. It makes no. me, gets me head up. <laughs> Sharks up the blood, doesn't yeah. it? Sharks 38 beat the, your, your Titans Yeah, well, this 10. I didn't see happening. Um, I, I just don't know what happened. Well, I suppose, buddy, all the 10 minutes and everything. But then it seems Sharks got ahead when they had... 12 on the field after Will Chambers got sent for nothing. Their forwards were just much, much better than the highly touted touted Titans tits. (laughs) Did Tana Boyd's got any business in first grade? No. I I just don't know. I just... Uh, <laughs> and he's off contract and you watch him bloody end up at the Raiders. But anyway, I don't want to talk about it. They're a lazy that. team, the Titans. They, they just laze around the field. They're very Gold Coast, just well, lazing well, about. Okay, well, there's a thing in here that I want to talk about just quickly is how the hell does Jamal, Jamal Fogarty get sent for 10 minutes after Wade Graham threw a forward pass into him when he was retreating onside? That's ridiculous. I know they're cracking down on stuff, but that was ridiculous. It was pretty silly, but it wasn't the only silly... You, you got to recover. You don't get beaten by 28 just because oh, Jamal know that, copped the dud they got to have a look at who refereed it. I think it was Chris Sutton, wasn't it? And just, it was a very Chris Sutton performance. Speaking Let's of referees. that way. Well, yeah, speaking of referees, Desi <laughs> got a little bit upset when the Knights beat up his Eagles uh, 18 to 10, which nobody saw coming. Well, this came again off the, off a couple of sin bins. Yeah, and Tez wasn't happy. He said that uh, the Knights had a bit of assistance. They did. <laughs> well, they scored twice, I think, while uh, Eagles, Sea Eagles were down to 12. But, is he, uh, he going to get fined for that? I, I don't haven't, know. I haven't, I haven't read heard anything. anything about it. But Des, surely, Des must just have a big account sitting there with, you know, <laughs> when you look up your ANZ app and it just says fines for Des. Oh, speaking of which... Craig Bellamy said the F word at what? the press, press conference the other day. Did he? Yes. Now, Aggr- aggressively or just like under his breath kind of thing? No, or? he said it to a journo, said something like some smart alecky comment. Oh. But the cameras were rolling, but it wasn't the part that was broadcast. It was the bit where he comes in and, you know, says, oh, G'day, oh, G'day, boys. Down and- yeah, and, and some one of the uh, journos asked him where he was going to be next week, and, and Bellamy said the F word. <gasps> now I haven't heard anything about a suspended fine or or well, any. Yeah, because the cameras always like because when I want to watch a press conference after the game, and then you watch an empty microphone for about forty minutes while they're getting their stuff together, so the camera's always rolling when you go on KO yeah. or whatever. So they need to at least issue him with a letter i had an idea how about me and you mm-hmm. set up a company like let's call it i don't know nrl microphones or something like that and we'll move to sydney or eastern states mm-hmm. we'll go around the press conferences with a little kit mm-hmm. and uh make sure that you can hear the journalists questions oh it's been a bugbear of mine for years that you can't hear the journos well it's obviously they're obvious that they can't get it together surely they can pay us a couple of hundred grand a year to follow around the press conferences and and make sure that the punters can hear them well it was the same over here when mark mcgowan was giving his press conferences you couldn't hear the journos and then they <laughs> cottoned on should have got him on the ground floor <laughs> i know i should have known then but uh. it's a it's a terrible part of the game all right
Round 13 kicks off tonight because, of course, we're recording on Thursday, uh, 7.50pm. Eastern States time, Dragons Broncos at Netstrata Cogra Jubilee Stadium. Matt Dufty's back. Mm. You happy about that? I love Matt. Yeah, he's good. I can't understand why he's not being signed, but anyway, that's a whole bloody story. Raiders should tip their hat in for him. He could come off the bench or so, I don't know. Play halfback? Shut up, Raiders. <laughs> Josh Kerr's back as well. He's a good player. Jack DeBellin, of course, is back, as we as we mentioned. Cody, poor old Cody, has to go back to the wing because Duft is back. Uh, Ravalawa is back from his second suspension of the season, mm. so Jordan Pereira misses out. For the Broncos, we've got a very, very exciting new uh, debutante. Selwyn. Cobbo. Selwyn Cobbo, the big <laughs> raps on the kid. They've already compared him, of course, to G.I. and um, and Latrell, mm. which seems to happen regularly these days, but I wish him the best. Uh, Tyson Gamble is back, so that means Milf got dropped again. <laughs> oh God, the revolving door. Why wouldn't you just walk out? I think I would. Oh, Mil- just... Milf seems to be a glutton for punishment. I'd, although... Oh, what's he care? He's making a million dollars a year doing doing nothing. Yeah, but he still would if he just if he just like George Williams did and said, oh, "I don't feel like it this week." Oh, he's got no he got no pride. All oh, right, uh, <laughs> Co- Coates is gone, of course, uh, because of Origin. Uh, Payne Haas is out. There's quite a few. Albert Kelly goes to five eighth. He had a bit of a shocker last week after a real good game the week before. Uh, Alex Glenn is back. And then tell me who T.C. Rabati is. T.C. Rabati is, um, though I only know him because last week the, the refs were, as as is their want, they have a penchant for calling uh, players by their first names. And I heard that idiot ref saying, T.C., get off him, T.C. And I thought name? he was talking about Terry Campisi. <laughs> <laughs> T.C. T.C. Rabati. Right, well, he's his, pretty good. Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen him, so I'll watch him this week and see what I reckon. Well, Jordan Ricky out of the side. I don't get that anyway. It's the Broncos. What, what's there to get? Yeah. Who do you tip? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to go the Dragons against my better judgment. I don't know why I'm picking the Dragons. Maybe because Jack Bird's playing on. Uh, I'm going Dragons. Jack Bird's in the second row, but yeah, anyway, God. Yeah, whatever. Crapshoot. They just don't line up very well to my eye, the Broncos. West Tigers, Panthers, Friday uh, at Leichhardt. Uh, Luciano was found not guilty of a shoulder charge, so he's free to play. That was a good decision, I think. Mm. Uh, Alex Seyfarth, I've never heard of him. He's into the uh, starting side to pro- pro- replace Offa and Gowie, who's mm. in the origin team, of Jimmy course. Jimmy Roberts got a couple of tries last week. Is he? He played real good. Form, isn't he? Yeah, he played real good. Actually, no, he was on the wing. That's why, I reckon. Yeah. But they put him back to centre this time, haven't they? And they just week. re-signed Jacob Little as well, I think, for a couple more they years. They did, so, and good uh, on Jacob. I love yeah, Jacob good Little. On him. Good, honest player, isn't he? Uh, Penrith are missing heaps. Uh, Cleary, Luai, To'o, Yeo, no, Yo, sorry. Martin, Coruscant and Capel all the way on origin duty. Uh, Dylan Edwards comes back, <laughs> uh, which makes Crichton back to the centres, I think, and um, Burton to 5'8". Momorowski. They don't really lose much, which makes me sick in the guts. I oh, know. It's just like it's almost Melbourne-esque, isn't it? They mm. just got all these stars out, and then they just casually slot Matt Burton into 5'8", and Tyrone May. So And Leota got a one-week ban for a high tackle, but he gets replaced by bloody 
uh, Spencer, Spencer mm-hmm. Lenu, who's a, a really good player. Brought in uh, journeyman Scott Sorensen, and uh, <coughs> not a bad-looking side, but I suppose if they're ever going to get pipped, it'd be this week. But uh, I don't know if the Tigers can do it. I don't know. Well, let me know. You know what? I'm going to tip the Tigers. There you go. Beautiful. Penrith for me. Uh, go Tigers. Storm Titans on Saturday at Sunshine Coast. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, that's kind of their little uh, home away from home, isn't it? Of yeah, course, with the lockdown. Spent, spent all the time. Oh, yeah, because <coughs> Melbourne are in lockdown now, aren't yeah. they? So they've relocated to where they were last year, I think. And I uh, wonder if Cam Smith's still hanging around at the pool sunning himself. I read, uh, I think this week is his debut on Channel 9. Not that I will know because I never watched that oh, stinking spare channel. Oh, yeah. spare us. Well, you lo- you're a Channel 9 man. You'll oh, get to no, see him. I only get to, because we got, uh, we got a TV. Because I get kicked out of my good TV by the kids because they're watching Disney+. Plus. <laughs> kicked out to- of the good room. <laughs> yeah, we got a good room. <laughs> smells like dog piss though most of the time. But yeah, I get booted out of there. So I have to go watch standard definition channel nine good lord you may as well go out and (laughs) watch the back fence yeah oh you can you can watch cam this week and report back for us if you get kicked out of the good room again (laughs) uh kenny bromwich is back uh after having a hamstring scare Mm. uh felice kafusi is out of course because of origin uh addo cars out cooper johns is starting at five eight well he played last week and didn't do too bad he was all right, I've got to admit. Yeah. Under the storm system, I think he'd go terribly anywhere else. Uh, uh, Riley Jacks is back, um, and the storm is six from six at Sunshine Coast. Mm. Ash Taylor returns, um, so it'll be him and Fogarty, I think, in the halves. Yep. Tanner Boyd uh, pushed back to the extended bench, so you might get your wish and he's out. This is Presto's young fella's debut at fullback. Yeah, it's just getting to that. I can't wait. Jaden. Jaden. I oh. watched him on that documentary and I thought, geez, he's going to be a good player. This kid, he's about, what, 70 kilos by the look of him, but go, go, well, Jaden. I think I saw him play in a lower grade game earlier this year or maybe even a trial. I don't know. He's quick. Holy yeah. moly, he's quick. Yep. Super fast. He's nothing like Preston, I don't reckon. No. Preston to me was a uh, like a... You know, a duck under a tackle and go for a little uh, twenty meter dash, something like that. Whereas Jaden seems to be able to do the hundred in four point three seconds. So I can't wait. Mm. I hope he gets in some open space. Go well, young Jaden. Jamin Jolliffe replaces Fodawaker, uh, and Sam Stone is in for uh, David Fafita. Yeah, see, now there's a team that should be doing better than what they are, but. Uh... Well, you tip them for what top two or something, or win the comp? Or? <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what I was thinking. I also tip the Raiders to win the comp. But, uh, so Who are you tipping in this one? In this um, one particular I'm, game? I'm going to go Melbourne. I'm going to go Titans. Good on you. Did you see Brandon Smith play last week? Brandon Smith's playing against Mitch Rain. Melbourne will win this. Jar Rome Hughes. Anyway, uh, you're on record, bud. Yeah, I am now. It's too late to take it back. Knights versus Champ. Eels. Knights, <laughs> Knights <laughs> Eels Sunday, 4.05 at McDonald Jones again. Uh, Clemmer has entered an early plea for a high tackle. That was a bad one too. Mm. He'll have two weeks on the sideline, so Suaso Sue comes in. Uh, Jacob Saifidi takes over from his brother, Daniel, and Brody Jones Gets the nod to take Tyson Frizzell's place in the second row. Um, So how long's Frizzell out? He did his ankle, didn't he? 
He's in the Origin team. I thought he did his ankle. Oh, you're right. No, yeah, he's not sorry, in the Origin sorry. side. Yeah, yeah, he's injured. I think. We'll see. I would have thought that he would have started above uh, Jake Dravojevic if he was. But yeah, anyway, that but might yeah, explain I think that. He hurt himself. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Reed Marnie got selected, but is back, so I think he's able to play mm-hmm. this week. Dylan Brown and Regan Campbell Gillard come back. Uh, Jacob Arthur goes back to the reserves, which I think will be good for him. He, he showed a few glimpses. But, he's um, a big kid, isn't yeah, he? he's massive. I Jesus, think he's, he's six a foot big five fella. or something. He's got to be the biggest half in the comp. But then Cleary's very big as well. I saw him up close. He's a big lump of a kid. And uh, do you reckon Gutho's going to be bloody kicking cans and tripping over his bottom lip because he didn't get selected in the New South Wales side? I reckon he's the kind of bloke that would have thought he was a walk-up start. Oh, 100%. But I don't know if he's the kind to kick cans, uh, drop he's lips. Just seem a little bit upbeat, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is One of up? those blokes that's not smart enough to be sad. Yeah, I was just going to say. I think he's too dumb to get sad. <laughs> uh, Hayes Dunster oh. comes back um, because of poor old Blake Fergo, who got dr- nobody will ever Scapegoated. be able to. Fit. That'll be in the in the like someone will write a book one day about the day that Blake got dropped, and and they'll be interviewing people from across the globe, and nobody will be able to figure it out. Only Brad Arthur knows. I'll interview Dennis Rodman for that. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have something to say about that, I reckon. <laughs> Seems to always get himself on these docos. This will be the game of the round. I don't know who to pick. I'll let you go first. Uh, I'm going to go Parramatta. 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 Oh, yeah, I'm going to too. Nathan Brown, Ryan if- Madison, Isaiah Papali'i. That's where they're going to win it. And of course, on Wednesday, we we won't have gone to air by then, so we'll do our tip for that, and then we'll do the wrap-up next week. But who's Queensland or New South? Uh, oh, think, I've got the hiccups, yeah, sorry. Queensland, I said before, didn't I? Did you? Yeah. You sure? I did. We'll go, go back, back and, and we'll check review the tape. the tape. Yeah, Queensland for me too. So you've got uh, Dragons, Tigers, Storm, Eels, and Queensland. I've gone Dragons, Panthers, Titans, Para, and Queensland. Oh, Good Jesus, luck to both. How do I go against the Storm with the Tigers? Got uh, Panthers with the Tigers. What was I thinking? But anyway, I'm on tape. <laughs> Thank you, loyal listener, for making it to the end of another sensational episode of League Indeed. We'd like to thank, from the bottom of our hearts, Mark McLeish, president of Cowra Rugby League, for coming on for a chat. It was a very, very interesting chat, wasn't it? And a big shout-out to Mark's business, Cowra Carpet Cleaning, the other CCC. Yes, if you need uh, your dirt sucked in Cowra, give Mark a call. He's the best in the business. He's the best in the business, he is. Um, any last words? No, I'd just like to thank everyone and, uh, of course, like and subscribe and let everybody else know about what a wonderful thing we're doing here for free, I might add. And if free. you want to, yeah, for free. And if you want, if you want to come on League Indeed, let us know. We don't, you don't even have to know anything about Rugby League. We'll just talk about whatever you want. Feelings. <laughs> Goodbye.